0: Welcome to My Mommy's Podcast.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Beekeeper's Naturals. Beekeeper's is on a mission to reinvent your medicine cabinet with clean remedies that actually work. One of my secret weapons is their Elixir Brain Fuel, which is a caffeine-free alternative to morning energy drinks or coffee, but with some additional benefits. I take these little tiny shots with me when I travel and I use them when I need to be especially focused for things like long podcast recording days or interviews or on days I know that I'm gonna be pole vaulting with my kids or having those important conversations with my kids and I wanna be really present and focused. Elixir is really cool because it has royal jelly, which is what bees feed to the growing queen in the hive. And it feels appropriate for me since a lot of days my house feels as busy as beehive. But I found that when I wanna be my sharpest, Coffee or at least too much coffee isn't always the best solution because I can get jittery. And BLIXR is like a productivity shot that delivers the same focus but without the caffeine and can actually lead to a healthier brain over time. It's also packed with science-backed adaptogens. So it has royal jelly, but also ginkgo and some other herbs that help you get in the zone and also support brain health. I feel like we can all use a little extra support right now. And this is a great way to get brain fuel without the caffeine or sugar. I also really recommend if you're going to check out beekeepers trying their propolis throat spray, which is an all over immune support. And we use this as our first line of defense at the sign of a tickly throat or sniffles and found it really, really helpful. But you can check out all of their products and upgrade your medicine cabinet while saving 15% on a first order by going to beekeepersnaturals.com forward slash wellness mama. So that's B E E K E E P E R S N A T u r a l s. dot com forward slash wellness mama w e l l n e s s m a m a to get fifteen percent off your first order. This podcast is sponsored by Wellness. That's Wellness with an E on the end. My new personal care company that creates products that go beyond just safe and natural to contain beneficial ingredients that nourish your body from the outside in. See many clean products just don't work that well. And this is why I spent the last decade researching and perfecting recipes for products that not only eliminate the toxic chemicals, but that have ingredients that work better than conventional alternatives while nourishing your body from the outside in. I am so excited to share these products with you. And I'm especially proud of our whitening toothpaste which took years of formulating and dozens and dozens of rounds of tweaks to finally perfect. Our whitening toothpaste supports a healthy oral microbiome and strengthens tooth enamel naturally using ingredients like hydroxyapatite, neem, and green tea. Instead of fluoride, our formula contains green tea leaf extract, which is loaded with antioxidants. Plus, we use a phytochemical in green tea that's shown to fight bacteria that leads to tooth decay. We combine this with hydroxyapatite, a naturally occurring mineral and the main component of tooth enamel with clinical studies showing that it can help strengthen teeth and avoid cavities. And of course, fresh breath is important when it comes to brushing teeth. So for that, we included peppermint leaf and neem. If you're not familiar with it, neem prevents bacteria from sticking to teeth and turning into plaque. So this protective measure means fewer bacteria, which leads to fresher breath. Check out our whitening toothpaste along with all of our products, including hair care and hand sanitizer at wellness.com. That's wellness with an E on the end, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S-E.com. And a tip, if you buy a bundle or subscribe, you get an automatic discount that's built in both of those ways. So check it out, wellness.com. Hello and welcome to the Wellness Mama podcast. I'm Katie from wellnessmama.com and wellness.com. That's wellness with an E on the end. And in this episode, I am touching on a couple of topics that I have been getting increasing questions on, which are the health uses of CBD and medicinal mushrooms, which are different than culinary or psychedelic mushrooms, and their place in overall health, and also more nuanced things like Cancer treatment and others. I'm here with Jenny Sansusi, who is the author of The Rebel's Apothecary, a practical guide to the healing magic of cannabis, CBD, and mushrooms. These are all topics that are increasingly prevalent in the research right now and also in mainstream consciousness, and I thought they would be important to talk about today. Jenny is a certified health coach and the creator of the blog Healthy Crush, where she's been writing since 2008. She's also a graduate for from the Institute for Integrated Nutrition and was trained by functional medicine doctor Frank Lipman in New York City. And we go deep in this episode about her story, what got her into this in the first place, and how she is using these pretty amazing substances in her daily life and to help her dad with a really intensive health crisis. I think you'll really enjoy this episode. So without further ado, let's jump in. Jenny, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I've been such a fan of your site for so many years, so this is just awesome to be connecting with you.
1: I am so excited for our conversation because you have written about a couple of topics that I think are increasingly important right now and kind of hitting mainstream consciousness more and more, um, and I loved your book, The Rebel's Apothecary. To start off, I always love to hear people's story, especially when someone gets such deep knowledge on a specific topic. So, to start off, why, what led you to write this book in the first place?
0: Well, it was really unexpected. I, I had I had no plan to write this book. I had no real deep interest in these topics aside from. Aside from being mildly interested in, in medicinal mushrooms, just because I've been interested in nutrition and wellness for so many for so many years, I you know was trained as a health coach back in 2010 through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and I've been blogging about wellness and nutrition topics for many years. And I've always just gotten really interested in you know what's what's on the horizon, what are the new supplements and herbs and things that people are using you know as alternative therapies. So I was I was aware of medicinal mushrooms, and I was very starting to become very mildly aware of CBD as it was just kind of entering the scene. But um, I had not done a deep dive at all into these topics. And that all changed for me in 2017. So this was the end of 2017. And again, this was right when CBD, there was kind of starting to be whispers about CBD and people were like, what is this? What, what's going on with, with CBD? But um, nothing major. And my dad was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. And that was around Thanksgiving, the day before Thanksgiving, actually, in 2017. And in that moment, I mean, I knew nothing about pancreatic cancer at the time, but as soon as I did my first Google search on pancreatic cancer, it was dismal. What I found was not good news. And I'm sure anyone that can relate to that, I mean, no cancer is ever good news, of course, but stage four pancreatic cancer, In particular is, um, you know, known as one that is very aggressive and very difficult to treat and doesn't usually have many positive outcomes. So that was a big shock and a big, it it was just a life-changing moment for me and for my family. And up until that point, I had cared about wellness mostly to about feeling good and, you know, prevention of disease and illness and having energy and getting better sleep. And I had always cared about it kind of for my own feeling optimal and helping other people to feel optimal too. But this became very serious, very fast. So it was the first time in my journey with, with health and wellness that I felt like, okay, I need to do something. And this is like a life or death situation. And so, yeah, when he first got diagnosed after, after we kind of, moved through the initial shock of it i i realized i needed to start to do some research and i was I, in no way was i planning to take over his entire cancer treatment or anything like that i knew he was going to go through the the conventional cancer hospital and get chemotherapy that was something that he definitely wanted to do so my role became okay how can i support him through that and how can i find the best things that will not only keep his immune system strong during chemotherapy as most people know chemo can really you know weaken people's immune systems and i wanted to be able to keep him feeling good through the process and potentially help him with the cancer i mean i i'm not a doctor and even at this point um a few years later i'm not claiming that we are helping with his cancer specifically and i can't claim that so that being said i I did want to see if there was anything out there that could potentially help. And I knew enough people in the, you know, functional medicine doctors and nutrition experts and people that I could, that I could ask. And I started asking around, I started making phone calls, I started doing my own research and medicinal mushrooms came up from almost everybody that I spoke to. And that was not surprising to me because I knew medicinal mushrooms were helpful for the immune system. So I felt like Okay, medicinal mushrooms are probably something that I'm going to look into for him. The CBD and cannabis part of it came from a tip from one of my friends. She said, "You know what? Look up CBD and cannabis and cancer and just see what you find." And so I I took that tip and I ran with it, and I looked up information about cannabis and again, it was not a topic that I had ever really looked deep into at all, but I found a lot of not only anecdotal stories of people using it to alleviate their chemotherapy side effects, but some initial studies that were being done. And, you know, of course there's no, there hasn't been any clinical trials on this because of the legality of cannabis, but there has been, there are scientists and researchers that are, that have been working on, you know, studying cannabis and THC and CBD and their effects on cancer cells. And there are, there, there have been people that, that are focusing on this. So it was promising. And so we, we had, we watched um, a documentary about cannabis and cancer patients and my My dad had watched it too, and I got him started on cbd oil and i we just kind of got him on a plan and um cannabis and mushrooms ended up being the two things that I majorly focused on as far as trying to help him trying to help him through this process and a few years later, so now he's over two and a half years into his treatment, and he has been stable and feeling really good. His scans are stable. He's been off of chemo now for the last four months because he's been doing so well and his blood work is in the normal range. And the And in no way are they saying that it's cured. It's very difficult to cure this kind of cancer. Not impossible, but difficult. So the fact that it's stable and dormant and there's been no you know activity in the tumors is really, really good news for this kind of cancer. And the best part about it is that he's just felt amazing for pretty much the whole time he only had side effects from the chemo for the first month or two and then as soon as we got him on the cannabis and mushroom regimen he has had no nausea his appetite is good his he's he has energy he sleeps really well so all the things that people complain about when they you know go through chemotherapy he's been able to avoid almost all of it and that largely we believe is because of the the cannabis and mushroom regimen that we've had him on and once we started to do that and saw some positive results from it, I started to write about it on my blog. And not only was I starting to learn about the cannabis and mushrooms for my dad, but I started to use them for myself for, you know, different things like sleep and anxiety and my own immune system. And I started feeling good. And so as I was blogging about this and sharing about it with people, because what I really wanted was for people that were Googling pancreatic cancer like I did, I wanted them to find something positive because I could not find anything positive when I first looked. And I thought maybe someone will, you know, get this diagnosis, stumble upon this and say, okay, there's hope and there's something that I can do. And I'm sure you, um, you know, you relate to this, just having something at home that you can try is so empowering, especially if you're faced with something where, you know, you feel this sense of hopelessness or you feel this sense of there's nothing I can do to, you know, to help with this. If you have have an idea, you know, of um of something that a home remedy, it's very empowering. So I really wanted to give people just a starting point. And of course, I think everybody should talk to their doctors before they before they try anything, but I really wanted to give people something to something to look into for themselves, and and something that has really helped in our personal story. So that was the that was the background of it. And then as I started blogging about it, a book agent um, got in touch with me and asked if I would be willing to write a book about this. And I hadn't planned it, and I you know I didn't say okay, this is this is this the story that's happening to me. I'm going to start writing a book. She she asked me, would you would you write this book? And I said, how can I say no to this? You know, if there's all these other caregivers out there or, you know, people interested in this topic or people struggling, and I have some information that might be helpful, I'd love to be able to just hand people a book with, with everything in one place. So that's the, that's the gist of how it all got started.
1: I feel like there's so many ways we can go deep, especially on the specifics of the protocols and just also the benefits of different types of mushrooms, but just to highlight something I think really important what you said, is it's not that you were trying to use these as an alternative to conventional cancer treatments. You weren't, like your dad didn't choose not to do chemo. These are things that can be used synergistically. And I think that's really important because I think sometimes, you know, conventional medicine and alternative medicine get put at odds and they don't necessarily need to because they can actually work together really well. And I've read a lot about how a lot of people suffer more from the side effects and the complications of chemo than from the cancer itself. And that's where a lot of the discomfort comes from. So I feel like if we can mitigate some of those symptoms, then we can help the patient feel better and also help outcomes. And that's a win-win while still working within the conventional model. And I first kind of stumbled across that idea researching fasting, which was a big part of my own recovery from Hashimoto's. Um, it's not something I recommend across the board because I think it's and probably how you would respond to, you know, questions about these. It's I think there's a very personalized aspect to health and these things should be done. You should re- do your own research and work with professionals, but I think there's a lot of alternative things we can do that really can work to make other cancer treatments more effective and also to keep people so much more comfortable like you said. So um, I'd love to go a little deeper and know within the realm of medicinal mushrooms, can you first of all define what that means? Because I think people have maybe like kind of different definitions of mushrooms, depending on where they're coming from. And then also talk about some of the different ones you guys tried and experimented with.
0: Sure first of all, first of all, I want to say I totally agree with every everything you just said about conventional medicine and alternative medicine, and that's that's really been what we what we've experienced through this whole process and one thing I just want to note is that medicinal mushrooms and cannabis in different ways have been shown to work synergistically even with certain chemotherapy drugs, like you said to to make the outcome of all of it better and um across the board so that I mean, it's going to be different, of course, with each person and with each chemo drug and with each you know herb or supplement that you try, but they can work synergistically. And my dad has, has gone through over 50 rounds of a very strong chemotherapy drug. And his doctor said that most people only can go through about eight to 10 rounds of this before they need a break because their immune systems become so weakened and he hasn't experienced that at all. So I think that that's, that's in part due to the medicinal mushrooms. But just to just to give that definition, that's definitely one of the misconceptions people have as, when I start talking about medicinal mushrooms is that they think I'm talking about psychedelic mushrooms or magic mushrooms. And you know, when I start talking about these things, they're like, "Well, am I going to hallucinate if I take this? Like, you're talking about putting mushroom powder in your coffee. Is that going to make me go on a trip?" And um, that's, not, that's not the case. I do talk about psychedelic mushrooms a little bit in the book just because there's a lot of really interesting research going on with them right now. But the main medicinal mushrooms that that we've tried are basically a class of mushrooms that's not the button mushrooms that you see at the grocery store. And it's not the psychedelic mushrooms, but it's this other class of mushrooms that's very that has medicinal properties and 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 some are edible and some you need to extract into powders or tinctures, but some you can cook with. Um, and there's seven different mushrooms that I focus on in the book and they all across the board have imu- have properties that can support the immune system. So not necessarily immune stimulating, but more like immune balancing, immune modulating to really support your immune system to be active when it needs to be active and to be you know, less active when it needs to be less active. So they can they're kind of like um adaptogens, you know, for for the immune system in the in the sense that they they adapt to what you need. And so and and in addition to the immune system stuff, each one of the mushrooms has its own benefits. So um across the board all all good for the immune system. And then they each have each have their own um special powers. So the seven medicinal mushrooms that I that we've been focusing on with my dad's treatment and that I've written about in the book are chaga, reishi, turkey tail, shiitake, maitake, cordyceps, and lion's mane. I just did that from memory. I'm not even looking at a list. I'm like, please, please get all of them. But yeah, those are, those are the seven that we focused on.
1: Gotcha. Okay, so let's go deeper. I'd love to know how you use them, if they were all kind of in a mix or if you used specific ones for different effects. I know um, there's a great documentary called Fantastic Fungi, and one of the people in the documentary talks about how his mom had, I believe it was stage four breast cancer, and she used turkey tail in pretty large amounts um, and was able to get in remission and live for many years beyond that. And I know um, from being really good friends with Tarot from Four Sigmatic, which is a mushroom-based company, that there are amazing benefits to so many of these, and I daily consume usually at least reishi and chaga and cordyceps and lion's mane. Um, But I'd love to hear how you used the different ones. And also along that same line, if all this that you learned from your dad, how you now incorporate these at different times in your daily routine. Yeah.
0: So actually, the first of all, Fantastic Fungi is an amazing film. I've watched it twice now. And I've uh, had my parents watch it recently and they loved it too. It's just so beautiful with them, just the visuals that they use. But yes, Paul Stamets—that's um, the guy whose whose mom had breast cancer and used turkey tail, and that was a big thing that got me on the on the turkey tail train, I guess. But turkey tail and shiitake were the two that we first started with. And when I say shiitake, there's a supplement called AHCC, and it's derived from shiitake mushrooms. And this comes in capsules, the ones that my dad is taking. And the reason that I got him on those capsules is because they're actually used in cancer hospitals in China and Japan alongside chemotherapy treatments. There's studies that have been done on them showing that they can help keep the immune system strong during cancer treatments. So those are one of the first ones that I got him on just to keep his immune system strong. So AH, AHCC. And shiitake, I mean, is just amazing in general. And it's been shown to be antiviral. And it's one of the ones that you can, of course, cook with. And he takes, it, he takes it in a more concentrated form. But we also try to cook with a lot of shiitake mushrooms as much as possible. Anytime that there's you know a savory dish that I can toss some shiitakes in, I always will. So that's one of the first ones we got him started on and then turkey tail was the other one. I called up um I used to work in a functional medicine doctor's office in New York City his name's Dr. Frank Lipman. He also wrote the forward to my book, but I called his office as soon as my dad got diagnosed and there was a compounding pharmacist there and he said look into turkey tail because there have been studies with turkey tail reducing breast cancer tumors. So that's something you should look at. So of course I watched um, Paul Stamets has a a video, I think it's a TED talk where he talks about his his mom using turkey tail for breast cancer. And then there's been other studies on turkey tail and breast cancer as well. So uh, we added the turkey tail in. So those are the two that we started with, the AHCC and the turkey tail. And Aside from that, we started to make a daily shake. So we started to make a daily um, green smoothie, you know, with a bunch of greens in it, because one of the things that I realized really early on with chemotherapy is that, you know, some people, when they get cancer, they decide to go on a really strict diet, or they want to do a juice fast, or they go paleo, or they go vegan, or, you know, whatever they want to do. And that's, I totally support that. But what I realized is that the The person on chemo, oftentimes their appetite goes away completely and they can't really stomach certain foods and that will lead them to just not eating at all and losing too much weight. So while I tried to do this whole dietary change with my dad at first, it became clear to me that he was losing weight so quickly that I needed to figure out, okay, maybe he just needs to eat whatever he can eat and then we can add in these extra nutrients for him. So we people ask me all the time, did he go on a really strict diet? The answer to that is no. We just added we added a bunch of a bunch of things in, and he did quit alcohol completely and very highly reduce sugar. But aside from that, we've most, mostly been adding things in. So the shake that we started to make every day was a ten mushroom blend from Four Sigmatic. And my mom makes it now for him every day. And I'm, I just tell her to put as much in as possible. She puts like a heaping teaspoon in, but I'm always like, if you put a little extra and that's fine. So we use a 10 mushroom blend from Four Sigmatic, which has all of those, the seven mushrooms that I mentioned before, plus a few others. And then we put extra turkey tail into that shake. We also put uh, extra chaga into that shake. So yeah, he's taking he's taking a, a, a blend, the, the 10 blend, Along with extra turkey tail, AHCC, and just kind of whenever we can, whenever we can throw in extra medicinal mushrooms, then we do that.
1: Awesome. And is that what you do as well? Do you incorporate all 10 of those every day as well? I don't incorporate all 10 every
0: day. What I usually do, my my medicinal mushroom kind of routine, I guess, is I usually take chaga every day in a tincture. And chaga I really love because it's a really good kind of everyday in my opinion, an everyday wellness supporting mushroom because it's super high in antioxidants and it's also really good for the immune system. So I take either a, t- a tincture with chaga in it, or I make chaga tea and I'll either use the packets from Four Sigmatic, or if I have an actual chunk of chaga, I will um, simmer that in water, usually in you know on the stove in a pot, usually for at least about an hour. I mean, you can leave it in there for as little as 20 minutes, but You know, if you go up to two hours or so, you can extract more of the more of the medicine into the tea. So I'll make chaga tea a lot. In fact, when I was writing the book, I was living on chaga tea, basically, because I wasn't sleeping a lot when I was on my deadlines. I was just (laughs) working so many hours per day and, and staying up really late trying to hit my deadlines and I didn't want my immune system to weaken because you know when I lose sleep I can feel that my immune system starts to weaken pretty quickly so I was you know downing the chaga tea and I never got sick which was which was surprising but I love chaga so I take chaga in some form every day and then the other mushrooms I kind of use as in different situations lion's mane I will use if I'm going to sit down to write or if I you know I'm about to do a podcast interview or if I'm you know, going to sit down and work or answer emails and I just want to be super focused because lion's mane is really good for memory and cognition and the brain and, and nerves in general. Oh, I forgot, to, I forgot to mention the lion's mane with my dad. Lion's mane is another one that he takes extra every day because it's really helped with his chemotherapy induced neuropathy. So that's something to note is that lion's mane, because it's so helpful for nerve regeneration. It can be helpful for people who experience neuropathy, which is, you know, a tingling in the fingers and toes or loss of sensation, which after my dad started taking Lion's Mane, about two weeks in, he could start to feel things with the tips of his fingers again, like buttons and coins and his contact lenses. So that was really amazing. So Lion's Mane is another one. And then I take Reishi at night usually. um, When I'm kind of doing my wind down routine to get ready for bed, I'll either you know, do a reishi tea, again, either using four sigmatic packets, or, you know, I don't, I don't usually have reishi on hand, but I mean, like a, an actual piece of reishi, but once in a while I can get some from an herb shop and do the tea the same way I would do chaga, um, or I take a tincture. So I have, I have them in various forms, and so I'd say reishi, lion's mane, and, and chaga are the three that, that I, but I just did order some more cordyceps, because I'm going to start, start to incorporate more cordyceps into my life, and that's, that's a really good one for, you know, energy and and stamina.
1: I'm right there with you. And it's really exciting to see. I know there's a lot of studies coming out right now on different types, these different types of mushrooms and how they can be used. Um, And I do the same thing. I kind of cycle the different ones that I use most days, but most mornings I'll add lion's mane to either tea or coffee or smoothie or something. Um, And then kind of add in chaga and cordyceps throughout the day. And then Almost always wind down with reishi in some form, and it really does seem to improve my sleep. And it also gives me really vivid dreams. And there's a lot of cool research and also just theories about the neuroprotective benefits of different mushrooms, including reishi. And so I think maybe that's potentially it's like stimulating neural pathways while you're sleeping. Is one of the theories as to why it gives vivid dreams. And I recently found out that reishi actually grows where we live. So I've been out learning to forage for different types of mushrooms, which has been really fun. But yeah, I think you're right. This I love that you're bringing light to these topics, because I think this is going to be a growing area of research. And I, like I've talked about on the podcast before and written about, mushrooms are such a cool, really, really cool thing to use because they are so sustainable. They grow very quickly. And then they have many uses even beyond just The dietary and health uses, and we're seeing these used in environmental ways, and they think there might be ways that mushrooms can help break down plastics and all kinds of other uses. So, next on my list is to learn how to grow certain mushrooms at home, and I've got currently um, some lion's mane and enoki experiments growing on my kitchen counter. But I just I love this topic. I think it's fascinating, and I love that you are shedding light on it and giving such practical um, explanations and advice of how we can all start incorporating these. And I'm also really confident that we're going to continue to see data about, because of, like you mentioned, the immune supporting benefits of these, that we're going to continue to see data about how these over time can work to support the immune system and probably have a a protective effect. Um, So hopefully even people who aren't experiencing a really big health crisis can still benefit from these over the long term. We just don't have that data yet. But I'm really confident it's coming. And I want to make sure we also reserve time to talk about the other thing you write a lot about, which is the cannabis and CBD side. So to switch gears a little bit, first break down for us the difference between strict cannabis and CBD. Sure.
0: So cannabis, CBD is part of the cannabis plant. It's a compound within the cannabis plant. There's hundreds of compounds within the cannabis plant, which I had no idea about that before I started doing this research. But THC and CBD are the two most prevalent compounds and the two that have been studied the most so far. And the THC is the compound that people would recognize the most as the one that gets you high. So it's, you know, it's the one that's going to be kind of the the head, the one that gives you that head high and and is what you think of when you think about smoking weed or anything like that. CBD is a molecule inside the cannabis plant that does not get, get you high. It doesn't have those psychoactive effects, but it does have a lot of therapeutic benefits and THC does as well. Um, So CBD is just a compound within the cannabis plant. And the reason in the book, you know, in the tagline, I say cannabis and CBD is because I think there is some confusion on, you know, where CBD even comes from and, you know, what is its role in, in cannabis. And also, I wanted people that were searching for CBD specifically to be able to find the book and they may not, they may not find it if it just said cannabis. So so that's um, that's that's where where CBD comes from. It's a it's just one of the most prevalent compounds inside that plant.
1: Okay, cool. Because I think like as these things have become more well known, they kind of get lumped together. And I know a lot of people have been hesitant to try CBD because they just kind of assume it's in the same category with cannabis, and it's not something they'd want to use um, themselves or with their kids if they're not um, necessarily if they if they are avoiding THC or they're not on board with that. Talk about some of the main reasons that people are using CBD for health and wellness and how you use this with your dad. Because just like with the medicinal mushrooms, we are seeing an explosion of both anecdotal and scientific evidence on these compounds. So explain kind of how you incorporated it. Sure.
0: Yeah, one of the things to note right off the bat that kind of similarly with medicinal mushrooms, when people think that they're they're magic mushrooms or psychedelic mushrooms, with CBD, one thing to to really note is you can use CBD without any THC, and you can use it without feeling any high. And there's different kinds of CBD that that you can use, and you know one one is called full spectrum you know if we're talking about a cbd tincture for instance for instance one one that's kind of the one of the most common ways people use it when i say tincture it's usually an oil based tincture that you use under the tongue but if you use a full spectrum product what that means is there's all the different compounds from the cannabis plant are in there including a little tiny bit of thc depending on what kind of product you get and that The compounds have been shown to work better together. So it's called the entourage effect and they can kind of boost each other up and help each other work more strongly. So a full spectrum product will have mostly CBD if you're if you're getting a CBD product, but a little bit of everything else to the other compounds inside the cannabis plant. But you can if you really want to avoid THC altogether, even though there have been studies showing that a little bit of THC can boost the CBD's effects, you can avoid it altogether. If you don't want to give it to your children, or if you're um, in sober recovery, or you just really want to avoid it, you can get either a CBD isolate or a broad spectrum CBD. I prefer broad spectrum over isolate because broad spectrum just means it includes all a bunch of other compounds within the cannabis plant that can help with that entourage effect, except no THC. So that could be, that could be a a place to start if you really want to avoid THC. CBD isolates are just the CBD molecule on its own, and that can be effective for people, but it has been shown that you need to take more, you know, five times or more the amount of CBD isolate to get the effects that you would get with a full spectrum CBD, which can end up being, you know, expensive. And so if you don't have a issue with having a little bit of THC, I would personally go for a full spectrum. So that, that aside uh, to answer your actual question, uh, my dad uses a full spectrum CBD. He started on, on capsules. So I personally like like the oil tincture under the tongue. That's my preferred method of using CBD. But he takes capsules just because it's easier for him. Just in his daily routine, he takes other capsules, so he likes to take the capsules. So we got him started on CBD capsules, full spectrum CBD capsules, before he got a medical marijuana card. Which um, in certain states, it's going to be different in every state. You know, because because cannabis is still federally illegal cbd on its own is now legal but cannabis in general especially with thc in it is with more than 0.3 percent thc which is a really really small amount um, is federally illegal so you need to in every state it's going to be different so here in massachusetts where my dad lives he needed to get a medical card in order to get something with more thc in it so for the for the chemotherapy side effects and for his cancer the product that we really wanted was something called Rick Simpson oil. And sometimes it has different names. Sometimes it's called full extract cannabis oil. It has, it's, it's inspired by a guy named Rick Simpson, who according to him used this very highly concentrated oil to cure his skin cancer. And so this oil is um, very, very thick and very, very highly concentrated. It could have, you know, 50 milligrams of THC or CBD, depending on what kind of, Product you get in a drop the size of a grain of rice, and that's a really high amount. Um, just for reference, if you're, you know, the the amount of THC most people take to get high is like five to ten milligrams. So fifty milligrams is really high. So the the product that he's using is this highly concentrated oil that has a one to one ratio, meaning equal parts CBD to THC. And most of the cannabis doctors I've spoken to. With this specific type of product, they recommend the one to one ratio because of how these compounds can really boost each other up and amplify each other to give the most medicinal effects. So, some people use a high THC one, some people just use a really high CBD one, but he uses this one to one, and it's not um, it's not an everyday wellness type of product. This is for you know this is a medical product that that really can only be found at medical dispensaries. So he takes. A little bit of this oil morning and night, and he's had to play with his dose a little bit to get it to the point where he doesn't feel that high because he doesn't want to feel that during the day, you know, when he needs to get other things done. So he will, you know, kind of titrate the dose up little by little in order to get to the point where he still feels comfortable. And then he'll take a little bit more at night because it really helps him sleep. But the reason for the THC especially with chemo, chemotherapy side effects is it's really helpful for nausea and appetite. So if those are, you know, things that people are experiencing with with cancer treatment, those are things that, that THC can be really helpful with. Um, nausea, appetite, sleep and pain are, are things that the THC can, can be really good for. Personally, I don't take products with THC. I take it. I take a full spectrum CBD product that just has a tiny bit of THC because I don't like to feel the high. So I'm very focused on, um, you know, Getting those therapeutic benefits from the CBD without feeling the intoxicating effects, and so I'll take. And and as far as what what people are experiencing from CBD, the I think the most common things they're using it for are probably anxiety, pain, and sleep. Those are you know the three three ones that I hear most often, and that's what I take it for. So I'll take a, a full spectrum tincture that I use under the tongue, mostly at night before I go to bed, and it's not it's not a sedative. It doesn't just put you to sleep or knock you out, but it really does. It can really help with, um, you know, anxiety and, and racing thoughts and feeling like you're on edge. If that's why you're having trouble sleeping, it can really help with that. And then the same with pain. If pain is keeping you awake, the CBD can help to, to mitigate that pain to, to help you fall asleep. So those are some of the ways that people, people are using CBD.
1: That makes sense. Okay. So can you explain um, a little bit deeper how CBD works in the body and specifically um, what the endocannabinoid system is and how CBD interacts with that? Yeah.
0: That was one of the things that I was really you know, fascinated to learn about when I was doing this research is that we have this system in our body, the endocannabinoid system, like you mentioned, and it works directly with cannabis molecules. They interact with this system and we have this system in our body, not it wasn't designed just to be used with cannabis. we actually have our own molecules in the body, these endogenous cannabinoids, which cannabinoids are the the molecules within the cannabis plant, but we have our own they're called endocannabinoids, and we make our body makes them in response to stress in response to anxiety, in response to pain and the system is really there to keep us in balance to keep us um, regulated. You know, we, I, I mentioned the word adaptogen before when it comes to medicinal mushrooms, and I really kind of consider the endocannabinoid system to be that same kind of adaptogenic system for, for our body that, that really keeps us in homeostasis. And so the way that CBD interacts with this system is that it actually doesn't, it doesn't bind to the receptors in the system directly, but it, what it does is it can break down the enzymes that that, well, it can block the enzymes that break down our natural cannabinoids. So without being too, too scientific about it, we have, we have these, um, you know, these molecules in our system that CBD will basically amplify and make us have higher levels of these molecules you know, circulating throughout our system. So if we are, are putting these molecules out in response to anxiety and we take CBD, then we'll have more of these anti-anxiety molecules in our system if that makes sense. So THC is a little bit different in the sense that it binds to the receptors and it can actually mimic these molecules that we have in our body, but CBD will um, just kind of upregulate that system for us.
1: Okay. So from understanding that, like, what are other various ways? I know I've seen the research on um, CBD for cancer. I know also, like you mentioned a little bit, people use this for anxiety, for mental health reasons, for sleep, uh, what are some of the other reasons that you're seeing that people are using CBD?
0: Well, I think um, people use it for mood. I mean one thing one thing that's important to know about CBD is that our endocannabinoid system, we all have a different endocannabinoid system. so I compare it to our digestive systems a lot in the sense that everybody has a different, you know, state of their digestive system. Everybody has different, you know, gut flora and bacteria that are in our guts, and we all respond to different foods differently. And the endocannabinoid system is kind of like that in the sense that we all have a different. Um, there's a, a doctor that I spoke to when I was researching this book. His name is Dr. Ethan Russo, and he calls it the endocannabinoid tone. So we all have our own endocannabinoid tone, which is the state of our natural endocannabinoid molecules, the state of our receptors and, you know, diet, lifestyle, genetics, all of this can affect our endocannabinoid system, which is one reason why there's not one dose, one correct CBD dose for everybody. Um, If I, you know, I may need a little bit more than you or, you know, someone may take 25 milligrams of CBD and it could really help them sleep. Another person could take 25 milligrams of CBD and it could wake them up a little bit more. So people do have... Um, Different, different experiences with it because of that. So it really takes a lot of, you know, self experimentation and starting with a low dose and just seeing how you feel and really monitoring it. But aside from what I talked about with anxiety, pain and sleep, people are using it for, you know, focus for mood. Even it, it it even interacts with the immune system, so people are saying that it could be kind of an immune tonic, the same way that medicinal mushrooms are. Although it need there needs to be more research with with the immune system, but um, people use it for their skin as well to you know just soothe the skin, or it's been shown to be helpful for acne too. So it's kind of um, there's a variety of reasons that people are using it, but I think the I think the anxiety one is probably the most prevalent.
1: I've definitely heard that one quite a bit, and personally, I've use a topical CBD, I've been lifting weights quite a bit, and it's really helpful for muscle soreness as well. This podcast is brought to you by Beekeepers Naturals. Beekeepers is on a mission to reinvent your medicine cabinet with clean remedies that actually work. One of my secret weapons is their Beelixir Brain Fuel, which is a caffeine-free alternative to morning energy drinks or coffee, but with some additional benefits. I take these little tiny shots with me when I travel, and I use them when I need to be especially focused for things like long podcast recording days or interviews, or on days I know that I'm going to be pole vaulting with my kids, or having those important conversations with my kids, and I want to be really present and focused. Elixir is really cool because it has royal jelly, which is what bees feed to the growing queen in the hive, and it feels appropriate for me since a lot of days my house feels as busy as a beehive. But I found that when I want to be my sharpest, coffee or at least too much coffee isn't always the best solution because I can get jittery and Belixir is like a productivity shot that delivers the same focus but without the caffeine and can actually lead to a healthier brain over time. It's also packed with science-backed adaptogens so it has royal jelly but also ginkgo and some other herbs that help you get in the zone and also support brain health. I feel like we can all use a little extra support right now and this is a great way to get brain fuel without the caffeine or sugar. I also really recommend if you're going to check out Beekeepers trying their Propolis throat spray, which is an all over immune support. And we use this as our first line of defense at the sign of a tickly throat or sniffles and found it really, really helpful. But you can check out all of their products and upgrade your medicine cabinet while saving 15% on a first order by going to beekeepersnaturals.com forward slash wellnessmama. So that's B E E K E E P E R S N A T. U R A L S.com forward slash wellness mama, W E L L N E S S M A M A to get 15% off your first order. This podcast is sponsored by wellness. That's wellness with an E on the end. My new personal care company that creates products that go beyond just safe and natural to contain beneficial ingredients that nourish your body from the outside in. See many clean products just don't work that well. And this is why I spent the last decade researching and perfecting recipes for products that not only eliminate the toxic chemicals, but that have ingredients that work better than conventional alternatives while nourishing your body from the outside in. I am so excited to share these products with you, and I'm especially proud of our whitening toothpaste which took years of formulating and dozens and dozens of rounds of tweaks to finally perfect. Our whitening toothpaste supports a healthy oral microbiome and strengthens tooth enamel naturally using ingredients like hydroxyapatite, neem, and green tea. Instead of fluoride, our formula contains green tea leaf extract, which is loaded with antioxidants. Plus, we use a phytochemical in green tea that's shown to fight bacteria that leads to tooth decay. We combine this with hydroxyapatite, a naturally occurring mineral and the main component of tooth enamel, with clinical studies showing that it can help strengthen teeth and avoid cavities. And of course, fresh breath is important when it comes to brushing teeth. So for that, we included peppermint leaf and neem. If you're not familiar with it, neem prevents bacteria from sticking to teeth and turning into plaque. So this protective measure means fewer bacteria, which leads to fresher breath. Check out our whitening toothpaste along with all of our products, including hair care and hand sanitizer at wellness.com. That's wellness with an E on the end, W-E-L-L dot ecom and a tip if you buy a bundle or subscribe you get an automatic discount that's built in both of those ways so check it out wellness.com I love that you mentioned the kind of very personalized dose response to CBD I've noticed that with myself and my husband and with my kids as well like obviously them they're smaller so they use teeny tiny doses but even between my husband and I I um, he can handle much, much bigger doses. In fact, he needs much bigger doses if it's going to help with his sleep or for him to see an effect. And whereas even just like a very small dose of a full spectrum can help me sleep or I, I see the effects very, very quickly. And so I think that's absolutely a really important point. Um, but when it comes to dosing, what is a good place to start and how can people know when they found the right dose?
0: That's a great question. So with if you're using a product with higher THC, and, and most people for general wellness stuff probably don't need to be using a product with higher THC unless they just really enjoy how it feels that that's totally up to you. But if you're using something with higher THC, I would say start much lower than, than something with, with a low amount of THC. So one milligram of THC is a really good place to start if you're using THC because it's been shown that 2 milligrams of thc is kind of the threshold for the psychoactive effects of thc so if you're very sensitive or new to cannabis or new to cbd products make sure you're paying a lot of attention to how much thc is actually in your product if it's going to you know if it's something that you care about is monitoring that that kind of intoxication level that thc can bring and i guess that's a good time for me to say that any product that you're using any cannabis product that you're using, you want to look at a lab test, if you can, um, especially, like I said, especially if it's going to be something with THC in it, because you want to make sure that the amount of CBD or THC that it's showing you on the bottle matches the lab test, ideally a third-party lab test done by another company, because as you know, CBD, the market is highly unregulated. So people are just putting out products that don't match what is actually on the label. And so you could be taking something with way, way less than you think of CBD or way more. So I think it's important to look at a lab test, which you can usually either find on a company's website, or you can get in touch with the company directly and ask them to email you a lab test. And um, most reputable companies should have that Really, readily available for you, so that's just something to think about if you're if you take a CBD product and you're like it didn't work or nothing happened or I just I'm not sure what's in this, um, look at the lab test. So that being said, if you're just taking a CBD product, um, a full spectrum CBD or any other kind of CBD product, you can start start low. I mean, you can start as low as like five milligrams just to see how you react. You may have no reaction to that. And it also depends on kind of the level of relief that you're looking for and the kind of relief that you're looking for. If you're using a topical, for instance, like you said, you're probably not gonna be measuring milligrams. You're probably just gonna be taking like a little bit of the topical and, and rubbing it on your muscles and seeing if seeing how it feels. But if you're using a tincture, which is an oil-based tincture, which is kind of the most common way, I would start with maybe five milligrams and then you want to wait, you know, at least an hour or so before taking more. It can have effects within 15 minutes or so, but, you know, you just want to monitor how you feel and then you can kind of up it by five milligrams. Every couple of days until you until you find the dose that really works for you. And and with CBD, if there's not a lot of THC in it, you don't have to be super careful with you know five milligrams versus ten milligrams when you're when you're upping the dose. It's a little bit more forgiving. So, um, but yeah, I would start small and then you know a, a general place that a lot of people start is a little higher, maybe fifteen milligrams. But if you're very new to it, I would just start low and and then work your way up from there.
1: Perfect. And I know you have a lot more detail in the book. People can learn on all of the things we talked about today. Um, As we get close to the end, a couple of questions that I love to ask. The first being, if you had any advice that you could share with the hundreds of thousands of people who listen to this episode, doesn't have to be related to mushrooms and CBD, but it could be, um, what would it be and why? Mm. Well, I think...
0: Overall, with all of this and with my, just in general with wellness, we've talked about this already, but I think the most important thing is to really listen to your own body and listen to your own intuition about what you should be taking. And especially with things like cannabis, you know, people, people do have their thoughts and ideas about it. I speak to a lot of people that are in the sober community, for instance, and if something doesn't feel right for you, just don't do it. Or if something, you know, like listen to yourself and, and listen to what feels best for you, because at the end of the day, people can tell you what's good for you all day long and it, um, it may not be the right thing for you. So I just think getting really, really on how your body feels is really important with any herb supplement or wellness practice that you're doing. I really, I think it's important to keep a journal and to write down how you feel after you take certain things and, and just make sure whatever wellness protocol you're on is the right one for you. And I think people really want to be told exactly what they should do with with dosing and with what they should be taking, but it is super, super personal. So get to know your body and, and experiment.
1: Such important advice. And I'm so glad you brought that up. I've been guilty of that as well, being in the health world for so long. And early on when I was sick, I was finding things that were helping. And I got so dogmatic about those things and would write about them, thinking they could help everybody. And what I've learned more and more these last few years is that this is so personalized. And I think you're right. Everybody, we all have the obligation to do our own research and our own experimentation. And at the end of the day, we find our best our best health answers when it's very individualized and when we take ownership for that. And I love that, You are giving people the tools to do that through your work, but also not being dogmatic in how. So I think that's beautiful advice. And lastly, if there is a book or a number of books that have really influenced your life, um, what they are and why.
0: Yeah, the first, I mean, the one book that really has influenced my life probably more than any other, just because of the journey that it took me on is The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And that's a book about basically awakening your creativity. And one of the things that I've always felt about myself was that I wasn't creative. And you know, before I started writing on my blog, I would look at people who I thought were, I thought the only people who were creative were like artists and musicians and poets. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm just not creative. But I read the book, The Artist's Way, and she takes you through a series of prompts and exercises and, you know, um, guidance to really awaken your own creativity and to find, because everybody's creative, right? That's kind of the essence of human beings. We are creative beings and we can create things in so many different ways and when I when I read that book it 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 helped me to start writing and to start writing about wellness and following Julia Cameron after I read the Artist's Way book I I wanted to go I wanted more from her because she had really awakened something within me and I looked her up online just to see if she was speaking in New York City and she was speaking there at at um at a, a place called the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, which is where I ended up going to get my health coach certification. But I didn't—I had no idea about that school until I read The Artist's Way, followed Julia Cameron, went to go see her speak, and then I learned about this uh, this nutrition school, and I ended up enrolling. And from then, that was ten years ago, and that really put me put me on a path to where I am today. So I'm just super grateful for for Julia Cameron.
1: I will add that to the show notes along with everything we've talked about. You guys can find all of those notes at wellnessmama.fm along with a link to um, Jenny's book, The Rebel's Apothecary, which is also I'm sure available anywhere books are sold. Um, Where can everyone else find you online, Jenny?
0: Thank you so much. They can find me. Yeah. But my, the book is, is available exactly anywhere books are sold. Although in this moment, a lot of bookstores are closed. So, <laughs> um, online, but you can find me, my blog is healthycrush.com, which I kind of have, it's taken a little bit of a backseat since I've been focused on book writing, but I'm getting back into it. Um, so that's, that's where I've been writing for many years. And then you can find me on Instagram at Jenny Sansusi.
1: Perfect. Jenny, thank you so much for your time and for your work. And I wish your dad continued health and recovery. uh, And thank you for sharing your knowledge today. Thanks so much for having me. And thanks as always to all of you for listening and sharing one of your most valuable resources, your time with us. We're both so grateful that you did. And I hope that you will join me again on the next episode of the Wellness Mama podcast. If you're enjoying these interviews, would you please take two minutes to leave a rating or review on iTunes for me?